into the Word of God here tonight. I'm going to be, my message tonight is a little different because I am preaching a topical message this evening, so uh, all of my points will not come out of the same text. Um, but we're going to start off uh, looking uh, in the book of 2 Timothy, and we're going to take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to take a look at verse 16 tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, entitled this message, The Christian Discipline. The Christian Discipline. How many of you know uh, that it definitely takes some discipline in your life if you want to succeed at anything? It don't matter what it is, uh, it don't matter if it's listening to Christian life or if it's uh, playing the piano or a musical instrument. There has to be at some point some discipline that needs to take place in order for you to get to that uh, position or that place in life where you can get on and play. I imagine the folks that play musical instruments here at our church, whatever it is that you play, you didn't just pick it up one day and just all, just all of a sudden just knew how to play. Uh, it took a moment, you know. Uh, it took maybe a few days or a week or month or years or whatever it was. Uh, and it took some time, it took some effort, it took some energy. Uh, it don't matter if it's a musical instrument or uh, if it's something to do with sports, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, soccer, whatever it is. Uh, it takes uh, discipline and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes, and it takes all these things putting together uh, to succeed in that which you want to be and desire to be successful at. And so discipline is definitely something uh, that as Christians we have to exercise in our life too if we want to... Uh, be successful in our Christian life, uh, then something we have to do is we have to learn to discipline ourselves uh, in our Christian life. And listen, sometimes disciplining ourselves in our Christian life is always an easy thing to do. Listen, it's not always an easy thing to do, uh, not just in the Christian life, but in, but in anything. I mean, if you want to uh, exercise and, you know, and be fit and have, you know, and, 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 and like that, well, it takes a lot of discipline uh, when you sit down at the dinner table, you know, or when you walk into the kitchen. Uh, or whenever uh, you know you need to exercise, but you really don't feel like it, but you know you need to, uh, and so maybe perhaps you make yourself do it, you know, and uh, whatever it is, it, whatever it is that you desire to do in your life, you want to be good at it, successful at it, it's going to take some discipline uh, to get you to where you want to be. And so as we look here tonight and we think about the, the Christian discipline, let's go over just a, a few quick things I want to share with you this evening. As I said, it's a topical message, so uh, it'll run in a, diff, a few different places here tonight. You can jot these verses down. But we're going to begin here tonight in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to begin there in verse 16. The Bible says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we can see here tonight the Bible talking about itself, uh, talking about Scripture, talking about the Word of God. That it was inspired by God. It is God-breathed. It is God-moved. It is God-written, authored by God Himself. Uh, and the Bible says that His Word, that it is profitable, uh, profitable for doctrine. That goes along with the teaching we talked about this morning, how it can teach us and help us to be the men and women of God that God desires for us to be. Uh, it also shows us here in the text, it's good for reproof, correction, uh, instruction in righteousness. We talked about that this morning, how we are thankful for the instruction 
uh, of the Word of God. Uh, the Bible says in verse uh, 17, the Bible says, For what purpose? That the man of God may be perfect, uh, thoroughly furnished in all good works. Uh, and so the idea of being perfect, the idea of being made spiritually mature, not perfect and blameless as sin, of course, but, but the idea of being, uh, of, uh, being spiritually mature. We, we use God's Word to help us to be what God desires for us to be in our life so we can grow up. Uh, and be spiritually mature uh, 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 Christians, to be spiritually mature uh, uh, people that are serving God and living for God. Uh, and so the Bible shows us here, one of the things I want to get us to see is what's one of the first things in life I think we need to make sure that we are definitely disciplined in. And verse 16 definitely tells us that, and that is that we talked about it briefly this morning, uh, is the doctrine. Be disciplined in our doctrine. Uh, understanding what the Word of God says about certain things is definitely, or about our, everything, is definitely going to be one of those things that's going to help us Knowing what, knowing what truth is, knowing, uh, knowing how to decipher, know the difference between uh, what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and I, I know you here tonight, you've been in church probably just perhaps as long as I have, and you've heard all different kinds of things preached, and you've uh, been through the Word of God, you've studied it yourself. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, as, well, whenever we, as we grow in God's Word, what happens is, is we get to this place in our life, and I'm not saying we're perfect by no means, but, but we get to this place in life, well, because we've been around the truth so much that whenever we hear something that's not true, it kind of makes us kind of wince a little bit. Kind of makes us maybe perhaps throw back your head or, or maybe kind of twist and kind of wonder what, what did they just say or what did he just say or what did she just say, whatever it was. Uh, and so one of the things I find interesting is that, you know, my wife, she was a teller in, in the bank many years ago. And one of the things that they did was, was in order to find out what the counterfeit was, they didn't spend all their time with counterfeits. They spent all their time with what was right. They spent all their time uh, looking at money and examining money that was actually uh, that actually that was actually correct. Spending their time looking at what was true. Spending their time looking at what was uh, what was actually a real dollar bill. What was actually a real five and and a real ten and a real twenty. Because listen, if you spend all your time looking at all the counterfeits, listen, there's new counterfeit coming up all the time. Listen, we got to know what the truth is. And when you know what the truth is, you spend so much time with the truth. Then when some when doctrine error comes along, you're able to kind of pick it up. You, we have some spiritual discernment, as we would call that. Spiritual discernment about your life so that you know that when something isn't right, that you can know it whenever you know it, whenever you hear it. Your spirit, in essence, begins to speak inside of you and let you know, hey, this isn't right. And, and you need to really look up this verse or maybe really think about, maybe really think about this right here. And so I think it's important for God's people, especially in this world in which we live. When there is so much, when there's so many things out here in this world to listen to, and there's so many different people coming up with a different idea of what truth is, that we as God's people are fully equipped and understand what exactly the truth is, to, to spend time in the doctrines of God. What is the doctrine of Christ? What is the doctrine of sin? What is the doctrine of man? What is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit? And all these different types of things so that we know and understand that which is true and that which is right. And so I think the very first thing is God's people, one of the things that's going to help us uh, in our Christian life is to make sure that we are doctrinally sound. And the Bible says in verse 16 of chapter 3 of Timothy, 2 Timothy, that it is profitable for doctrine. In other words, God's word and God's teaching, the doctrines of Christ, the doctrines of God, the doctrine of the Bible itself is profitable to you. It is going to help you. It is going to benefit you in your life. How many of you like some things that's going to benefit you here tonight? How many of you came here tonight and said, I can't wait to hear some things that's not going to do me any good? 
I dare say none of you did. Listen, you came here tonight just like you came this morning, just like you come on Wednesday night, and just like you, uh, uh, just like you hear any message for whoever it is that's preaching, you desire to be blessed by it, to hear something that is true, to hear something that is right, because you want, because you know that it is profitable to you in your life. And so that is what the Word of God is. And if we desire to have some things that's profitable to us in our life, one of the things we've got to do is to make sure that we understand what the Word of God says and what the Word of God is, to make sure that we are doctrinally sound and, and, and that we are spiritually discerned in our life. Extremely important. Because if not, what happens is, the Bible even tells us, even the book of Jude and other places, talks about how people come in, false prophets came in in the early church and, and, through, their, and through their false doctrine was able to turn lots of people away from the faith, turn people away from what is true and what is right because the people were unsure, because they were not doctrinally sound in what they were taught. And, they were, and these people were able to come in uh, through, through great oratory speeches and, uh, and through charisma uh, to persuade people away from what the truth is and we just got to be a people today that understands in the midst of all the uh, in the midst of, of, the, of, the, of the masses of all the, uh, the people and the masses of all the doctrines that's being thrown out here in the world that we understand what truth is that we know what truth is and we are to spiritually discern people in our life the Bible says it's profitable to you and the Bible says in verse 17 so that you can be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works uh, so that you can be mature, so that you can grow, uh, so that you can be made, uh, so that you can be uh, made into the man or the woman of God that God desires for you to be. Because the Word of God is lots of different things. And uh, listen, if the Word of God is going to be profitable to you, it's going to be beneficial to you. It's kind of like this. I'd say it's kind of like this. I'd say. Um, the Word of God, it is like, what the Bible calls it, like water. And what does water do? Well, water is one of those things that gives life, does it not? Now, when something's dry and it is barren and you got some plants at the house and don't look like it's doing too good, did you know you can pour some water on it? Next thing you know, it'll just bloom back to life. That which was laying down will now begin to lift up and stick back up. Listen, it don't take long. You just put a little water on it. Next thing you know, that which was down, that which was dry, that which was, wasn't doing any good, that which was sickly will now lift itself up and and be uh, and look just like it did before. But you know what? But you know what else can happen? If you begin to pour some things in your life that's not going to do you any good, you know what it's going to do? It's going to make you will. If you don't add the water of the Word of God to your life, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to make you will. I remember one time uh, we was uh, me and Bryce was out working around somewhere, and and um, uh, we was uh, putting out some uh, we was putting out some uh, some weed killer, and we got a little bit too close. I think it was me actually. I got a little too close. Uh, to this uh, to this plant, it was uh, some corn that was growing up, and I got a little. I got my weed killer too close to this corn that was looking good and growing well, and I got a little bit too close to it. I think I thought I stood far away enough from it, but I guess I didn't. And I began to spray that weed killer on around the outside over here with the corn growing up in the middle, and then I came back about a week later and noticed that the corn was wilting and dying. Now I didn't think I'd got that close to it. I thought I was far. I thought I was far back enough. But you know what happened was, was I poisoned it. 
I in essence killed, I in essence killed that plant because it was infected with a whole bunch of poison that I had poured, that I had poured around it. I'm just trying to get us to see tonight that if we fill our lives with things uh, that are not right, things that are, uh, things that are not gonna benefit us, and what would, then in essence, what are we doing? We, if, we, if we fill our lives and, and allow things to come inside of our lives, inside of our homes, listen, even inside of our ears that are, that are not correct and that are not right, then what's inevitably, uh, inevitably gonna happen uh, we are going to be, uh, we are going to be uh, poisoned by these things that come into our life and it's going to cause us to wilt and it's going to cause us to fade away. And ultimately, of course, that thing of corn did die uh, and uh, I killed it. Your preacher killed it and, um, because I poisoned it. But I just want us to see here tonight that, listen, we gotta, uh, uh, when we pour things around in our life, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to provide nourishment. It's going to encourage. That is going to bring life into us. And we absorb these things into our life. You see, I thought I was far enough away, but I wasn't. See, sometimes in life we think we're far away enough from things that's going to poison us, and we find out that we're not. Listen, I'm just telling us we've got to stay far away from these things. It's going to poison our lives because if we don't, we'll never see that that the, the, that uh, that row of corn right there. It could have been productive. It, it could have it could have really bared some good fruit, and people really could have enjoyed it. But you know why they didn't? Because I got too close to it with poison, and I killed it. But the potential there was good. The potential there was good. Listen, every single one of us here tonight, there's potential in our lives. And, and that potential is to be what God has called us to be. And if we want to be what God has called us to be, then surrounding ourselves with things that are right and things that are good and, 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 and taking into ourselves the nourishment of the things that will give us life will help us to be productive. But when we allow ourselves to take into things of this world that's going to poison our life, it's not going to do nothing but wilt us over. Uh, and die. And so making sure tonight uh, as we discipline ourselves that we discipline ourselves in doctrine. Now the next thing, number two, not just discipline in our doctrine, but I believe discipline in our devotion. Discipline our devotion, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, discipline our devotion to what? Well, not just reading the word of God, but yes, but discipline ourselves in devotion to prayer. The Bible says in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, uh, he says, I will the men pray everywhere. Listen, I think in our Christian life, one of the things we got to make sure that we do is we, and I know we talk about this a lot, but understand this. Listen, we got New Year's, it's on the way. We got New Year's, it's coming up, it won't be long. And we'll be celebrating 2024. And there's gonna be lots of people that's gonna say, you know what, part of my part of my desire for this 2024 is to be a better Christian, is to be the best man or woman of God that I can be. Well, listen, let us not forget that the, one of the ways, one of the things that's gonna help us out with that is that we make sure that we are a man or woman of prayer, that we, uh, that we that in our daily devotions to God, reading God's word, yes, and praying to God and spending time with God, yes, we as God's people need to make sure that we are a people of prayer. And listen, I'm not just saying that. Listen, I know people hear this all the time. We need to be a person of prayer. We need to be a person of prayer. But listen, I'm telling you tonight, we need to be a person of prayer. If we want things to change and we want our lives to be different, we got to be perseverant in that prayer. Be a person of prayer. Uh, let us not let our Christian life uh, fail uh, due to the fact that we are out of fellowship with God, that we don't come to the Lord. You heard me say this before. Uh, you've heard me say this before. Listen, uh, uh, having a having a conversation it, it takes takes two people. And uh, if listen, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk to God, then I'm gonna pray. And if God's gonna talk to me, I'm gonna pick up His word. And I'm gonna let God use His word to speak to my heart. I just want to make sure I'm not the one the one, the one uh, doing the only talking. 
Does that make sense? I don't want to be the only one that's talking. Listen, I want God to speak to me. How many of you have ever been around somebody? Man, they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Sometimes that's me. You get around people and they just keep talking and talking and talking. And listen, I'm not nothing wrong with that whatsoever, but I'm just simply saying that, listen, sometimes it's good for you to get a word in too. And we don't want to be the only one talking to God. We want God to talk to us, right? We want God to speak to our hearts. Now, we want to definitely be a person of prayer, but we pick up God's word and let God speak to our hearts and, and let God show us what he desires for us. And God, I want to know what I need to do. God, I want to know the direction I need to go. I want to know the path that I need to take. Well, listen, that's all fine. Man, that is great. Lift it up to the throne room of God. But then let God speak to you through his word as well. Get in the prayer closet. Let God, uh, let God uh, use his word uh, to get to your heart. And the Bible shows us in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, that we definitely need to be disciplined in our devotions, of course, in our prayer life. Uh, definitely whenever we are lifting up our prayers to God and reading God's Word, to meditate on His Word uh, day and night. And I tell you what, pondering on the Word of God, letting God's Word uh, richly find itself uh, inside of us. Not only our uh, discipline, our doctrine, not only discipline, in our devotions, but I think also disciplined in our doubts. About the book of Matthew, chapter 21, and verse 22, talks about how whenever we pray, he says, if you have faith and doubt not. Uh, and so one of the things we want to do is we want to make sure that we are a people that are disciplined in our doubts. And listen, sometimes it's easy for us to have a doubt in spirit. Now listen, think about this now. What, what did, you know, we, we think about... Um, uh, we think about uh, uh, some of the great prophets of the Bible. We think about these great men. We even hey, we think about the great women of the Bible as well, and all the things that God used through them, and all the ways that that God used them. But they all had listen. A lot of them they had time periods in their life when they were a doubting people too. When they began to think to themselves, "Well, I'm not so sure if this is going to work out." God, are you hearing me up there? And you know, they had a lot of times in their life where they were doubting too. John the Baptist. What did the Lord Jesus say about John the Baptist? The Lord Jesus said about John the Baptist, of a man born of a woman, there has never been a greater prophet than him. But then whenever John the Baptist was in the prison and he was threatened to get his head cut off, he sent his, he sent his people uh, down there to talk to Jesus. He said, are you the one we're looking for or we're looking for somebody else? I'm just trying to get you to see that, listen, even the greatest of us sometimes we can get in this place to doubt. And so making sure that we try to discipline our doubts and so the opposite of doubt, of course, will be faith. And so making sure that we, that we see uh, that we see who God is, that we serve the God of the impossible, that God can do all things. And even though things don't make sense, even though things may not look right and, and, the, and the situation may look very bleak, listen, we serve a God that can do all things, that he can change anything. He can change anything. He can do anything. It's very easy, I'm telling you, especially uh, when we begin to look around just like Peter and Things ain't looking good and we begin to sink in our life and we begin to doubt. And all of us have been there and we've all done it. Uh, but making sure that we discipline ourselves in that doubt so we make sure that we remain a people of faith is definitely going to help us in our life. I remember one time years ago, uh, Bryce and I, we were, and the whole family actually, we had went down to the lake and with, a, with my cousin and uh, swam out in the lake and was out on his boat and they had a, uh, had a, anybody ever got on one of those ropes and then swung out into the water? Yeah, had a good time doing that. Uh, I was really nervous. I put Bryce on it first. <laughs> he was real young. Hey, if he falls, he'll bounce right back up. You know, not so much for me. But uh, Bryce went on that thing, you know, got him out there. We all had fun. But anyways, I was looking at that thing, and I thought, man, I don't know if that thing's going to hold me or not. 
And I was looking at that rope and I was looking at that tree branch and looking at that rope and looking at that tree branch, you know, and I was uh, really, really overanalyzing this situation. I wanted to be careful. You know why? Because I didn't want to get hurt and I had to put a lot, I was, listen, I knew I was going to have to put a lot of faith and trust in this rope and that tree branch. And so I'm looking at this tree. This thing rotten, you know, and I said, you know, and I kick this thing. Is this thing going to fall over, push it a little bit? No, it's all right. And then you do this test. How many have ever done this? Well, let me see if this rope's going to hold. And you stand right here and you grab a hold of it and you put all your weight on it right there. You know what I'm talking about. Because you want to test it. You want to make sure that it's going to be all right. You want to make sure that it's going to be able to withstand the burden and the weight that is going to be on it. So I was a little nervous about this thing, but of course everybody's out there, swing, ride, swing, ride, swing, ride the peer pressure. You know, it's terrible. So here I am, I'm up here, and I'm like, well, you know, I guess I got to do it. Everybody's out there, swing, ride, swing, ride. You just said, I wish y'all just be quiet and just let me get on down. And, oh, swing, ride, swing, ride. So, okay. so grab a hold of this thing. Scared half to death, grab a hold of it, and I swing out there, not knowing if this thing's going to hold me or not. I've seen too many videos. Seen too many videos of people falling and getting hurt, and I did not want to be one of them on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook or anything like that, you know. And so I grabbed a hold of that thing and I swing out, and you know what happened? It held me. I had fun. I swung out, landed in the water, did great. You know what happened? After that, I did it again. After that, I did it again. You know what it just took? It just took a man that would just put some faith in what was in front of him. And I tell you what, it's not always an easy thing to do because Pete, by, by nature, we are a people that just wants to. Make sure that we test it out and try it out ourselves instead of just putting our faith, putting a foot forward and just trusting God. But I tell you what, God has a way of helping us uh, to have the faith that we need. I'm thankful that I have a God in heaven that whenever I'm not so sure about some things that, that He is my lifeline. Amen. That I can trust in Him. And even when I'm in a place of doubt and even when I'm not sure what's going to happen that I know that that line, that lifeline that's coming down from God, that lifeline that comes down from heaven, which is my Savior and His Word, that I can stand on and trust in in my life, that that'll be something that will help me uh, to be victorious in my life. So I think we need to be disciplined because we serve a God that can do all things. So disciplined in our doctrine, disciplined in our devotions, disciplined in our doubts, and also uh, the next one, disciplined in our desires, of course. Discipline our desires, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. The Bible says, set your affection on things above. Set your, set your affection on things that are above. I think it's important in our life that, that we have a mind uh, to, um, to live for the things of God, that we don't get so caught up in the things of this world that we forget about what's most important. I have this, I think we ought to, as God's people, understand, because listen, I'll tell you what, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in the glitz and glamour of this world. It's easy to get caught up in, what, you know, in, in what's popular and who's popular. And if I want to be popular, if I want to be famous, or if I want to have money, or if I want to build this, or if I want to have that list. And it is easy to get caught up in all that stuff, especially when you're looking around at a lot of people that seem like they're really enjoying their life and really having a good time with all those things. But listen, you have no idea what's going on on the inside. You have no idea what the life is really like whenever they're all alone and when they're all by themselves. And I'm just trying to get you to see and understand that, listen, there is more things to life than all the things that we could just materially possess. We got to make sure as the God's people that we set our affection on the things that are above. The understanding, listen, that I'm not saying that everything in the world is bad by no means. Man, live life and have fun. But understand this, that our affection should be on the things of God and the things of heaven and what should really have our heart. And who should really have our heart? Is God. Is God. 
and that, listen, we can live in this life and we can have a good time. Listen, I, don't, I, think, God, I think God wants his people to have a good time. I think God wants his people to enjoy his creation. I think God desires for his people to laugh. I think God desires for his people uh, to, uh, to, to be well. But I also believe in my heart because of the word, because of the word of God tells me that we need to set our hearts on the uh, our affection on the things that are above. Because on one of these days when we leave out of here, we're not taking any of this with us. And listen, our works do follow us and we're, we're, we're laying up treasures in heaven. Amen. And so that is what's most important uh, for God's people in this world. Not the things that are down here, but the things we're laying up there. And so setting our affection on the things above and making sure that we discipline our desires that we don't get so, that we didn't, don't get so bogged down uh, uh, in, um, uh, in this world and desiring the things of this world that we forget about the things that's most important. So, not only discipline ourselves in doctrine, discipline ourselves in our devotions, discipline, 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 I'll get that here in a minute. Discipline ourselves in our doubts, discipline ourselves in our desires, uh, but also discipline ourselves uh, in our duties, the things that uh, God has called us to do. 1 John Chapter 3 and verse 22, the Bible teaches us to, in essence, to do things that are pleasing in God's sight. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to do what's pleasing in God's sight. I want to be faithful to the Lord, and I want to do what's right, and I want to do what's good. <clears throat> and I want to live a life that is, that is pleasing to God. And I don't always, I'm not always uh, uh, there 100% on that, you know, as far as living my life. And I'm not, I, know I'm not, I know I'm not always 100% pleasing to God, but I do desire to be. I do want to be. I know I fail every day and I know I need work from the pulpit to the pew, don't we all? But I know this. I know that I have a desire to live a life that is pleasing to God. And when I think about the things that God has called me to do in my life, I want to make sure that I do it the best I can. Because I know what's most important and what's most important is one day when I get up to heaven that I hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If there is anything that I want to hear in my life, if there's anything that I want to hear in eternity, it is that whenever I enter into the gates of heaven and I see Christ, one of the things that I want God to say, what I want the Lord Jesus, what I desire to hear is for the Lord to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now I can think about all the things that people can say. I can think about all the honor that a man can have. I can think about all the prizes and all the rewards and all the privileges that society can give. And I can think about all the, all the monuments and all the plaques and all the trophies. But you know what? Not, all of it is meaningless if I do not hear the word. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All of it means nothing if I, what I desire to hear is well done. What I desire to hear from my Father in heaven is those words. And I believe as God's people, that should be something we should desire in ourselves. And, and if we'll keep that in the forefront of our minds and understand that, listen, if I, if I, if I keep, try to keep God first in my life and I try to be dutiful in my life and doing and being that which God desires, doing that which God has called me to do, the best that I can, whatsoever your hand, find it to do. Do it with all thy might, as the Bible says. And as this new year comes in, what are some things that we're going to say to ourselves? What are some desires that we're going to have? We're going to, many of us make a list. I know I do every year. Some I make, some I don't. Uh, but I still make a list every year. Some are small goals, some are big goals, and some are five-year goals, some are ten-year goals, and some, I don't know when I'm going to get to them, but I still write them down. Because I have a desire to see what I'm doing and where I'm going. 
I have a desire to write something out and say, all right, Lord, I got a plan. I got a plan. And in the midst of this right here, I want to see you working it. In the midst of all of this, if it's possible, I'd like to see this achieved, and I'd like to see this achieved, and I'd like to see this achieved. And I got a list of lists. Some things are from a church. Some things are personal. You know, some things are, uh, have to do with, you know, just other different things. But I desire to see, ultimately, the boxes checked off that have to do with myself, God working in my heart and my life, my spiritual self, and things happening in my church. Those are the boxes that I look at the most. I'll enjoy all the other things. I got a, I got a notebook at home that has a list of probably about 100 hikes that I still have yet to get to. Because I love it. But you know what? I may check off a couple of them a year. But there's a lot that I check off for myself that I want to grow spiritually. And I want to be more like Christ in this area. And there's a lot of things that I have for my church, goals that I have for my church. And I look back and I say, wow, we did that one. We did that one. We did that one. And I check these things off and it puts a smile on my face. Because I'm so thankful at the things that we were able to achieve. Not just, I was able to achieve God working in me, but also God working in my church. But it helps me to make sure that I, make, that I keep myself streamlined to what's most important in my life. Because at the end of the day, when I get to looking at all these things that I wanted to do, if I, had, if I had so many things that was checked off that had nothing to do with God, I would maybe probably look at it and say, okay, what do I need to do to bring this thing back into where it needs to be? So I try to use that as a, a spiritual guidepost in my life to try to keep me where I need to be at. So I'm just saying here tonight, when we think about our duties and we think about being disciplined in the things of God, let us be a people that sets our affections on the things above, that we uh, are obedient to that, just what God has called us to do, and we'll be blessed. Amen? Because obedience brings blessing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much once again for this day. And God, you have been good. Lord, I pray that you'd bless tonight. And Lord, just uh, help us as we get ready to have our business meeting here in just a moment. And uh, Lord, I pray that you just um, uh, just give us a good week. Uh, Lord, and may you be honored in all that we do. God, we love you and thank you for it all. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.